What's up, party peeps? Welcome back to another episode of the Jackson Anatomy podcast. Um, this week, I want to talk about my dog, who, if you've ever met me, you know that I am completely obsessed with. Um, but particularly what she has taught me in life and what she actually is continuing to teach me. So first, a little backstory. Uh, my dog's name is Pepper. She's a five-year-old little black, like, terrier, schnauzer mix, I want to say. Um, she's a mutt. I rescued her from Puerto Rico, actually. In November of 2018, um, I went to Puerto Rico with the veterinarian that I worked with, Dr. Soto, at the time. And we went on a volunteer trip with the believe it was the humane society i'm not sure but we went and volunteered to do surgery they had a spay and neuter thon going on because they have wild like a wildly well, a problem with the overpopulation there because they don't spay and neuter the animals there regularly so there's a lot of cats and dogs just strays running around with no one to care for them anyway we went there for a week we did like oh my god i don't know 100 million surgeries it seems like I think we did 30 surgeries a day. I'm not sure. Anyway, and that was in November. And during that year in August, um, my mom and I actually had to put down our dog that we'd had for 12 years, Sophie. And that was really challenging, obviously. And my mom was really torn up because her and Sophie were very close. And so when I was in Puerto Rico, I was kind of like, you know... If I happen to find a little stray dog who needs a home, like maybe I'll bring one back with me. Um, and I went with a couple girls from Wufao, Woman for Animal Wellness, I think. And they, while me and Dr. Soto were working at the, um, the, like, you know, the place they had set up for the surgery, it was in like this giant Puerto Rican like Staples Center. It was wild. We just did surgery in tents. Um, anyway. They were going around to local shelters and donating supplies because we had a bunch of like leftover supplies from that we brought with us from the states, you know, just like extra meds, extra stuff just from work that like in America we throw away. But in other countries, they just need everything. So they were donating shelter. I mean, donating supplies to the shelters. And I told them like, hey, if you guys find a cute little dog or a little black girl dog or it didn't have to be black, a little girl dog, let me know. Because I want to maybe bring one home, you know, for my mom. And sure enough, they sent me a picture of Pepper. At the time, her name was Chelsea. Um, and she just had this little look on her face. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, that one's really cute. I want to meet her. So I got in contact with the girl who runs the shelter. They had just found Pepper in the street uh, like a week before. And she brought her over to my Airbnb so I could meet her. And she was very you know shy but she was just you know a cute little puppy and I mean she wasn't like a full puppy I think she was probably like nine months old I'm not sure they had actually just brought her to the spay and neuterthon so she'd just gotten spayed just gotten her shots and I was trying to figure out if I had actually done her surgery but I was the one putting in the little tattoo scars for so we can know that they're spayed and hers is in a different place than where I was putting them so I didn't do her surgery but anyway met her I wasn't really sure because this is like kind of a wild thing to do and <laughs> I was like okay 
uh, I told the lady, I was like, let me just think about it. Like, I'm not sure if I'm prepared for this. And she's like, okay, yeah, just like, let me know. And then as soon as Pepper left, I just, I don't know. I just got this like weird feeling that A, I needed her in my life and I just, I missed her. It was like, I knew her before and I missed her. And it's like, I literally just met this dog, you know, and I, we hung out with her for like, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe. And I don't know. We just had this wild connection. I called my mom and I was like, hey, what would you think if I brought a dog home? And my mom was like, what? What? Jacqueline? No. And <laughs> she had just, my mom was recovering from hip surgery and she didn't say no though. That was the key part of the whole thing. She just kind of said, I don't know, or maybe, or I, whatever. And I know that that's code for my mom. Like if my mom says no, no is no, that's the end. But if she says like maybe, or I'm not sure, I'm like, mm, maybe it's okay. Anyway, I'm like going back and forth with her on the phone and we're like talking, but I'm also just, you know, it's like my last day in Puerto Rico. I have to really figure this out. And so then I just decided, you know, and I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> and so I called her. Or the last time that me and my mom had talked, we kind of left it like, you know, check back in with me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then I'm kind of impulsive. So <laughs> I decided I want to do it. I messaged the lady who's in charge of the shelter. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go get her. So then the guy who ran our Airbnb, he drove me. I picked her up in a Walmart parking lot. And she gave me all her papers that she had just gotten from this van neuterthon that I was working at. You know, signed from the vet and everything. And I called the airlines and I was like, hey, can I add a dog <laughs> to my ticket? And because she's small, so she's allowed to just fly like at my feet in a carrier. Then the lady, she literally gave me pepper with like a leash, a Tupperware of dog food, um, some old carrier that she had from the shelter and like two or three pee pads. OK, and and we had to fly out the next morning. And so. I called my mom the next morning or I called her that night and I was like, she's, and my mom was like, oh, I don't know. Like maybe you shouldn't do it. And I was like, I already got her. <laughs> and my mom was like, what? Anyway, flew home with her, which was a whole nightmare of a fiasco, mind you. Like she was not potty trained by any means. And I woke up with her. We had to leave like super early, you know, I woke up, took her out in the yard, and I was like, come on, Babs, go potty, go potty. And she's just looking at me like, girl, what the fuck? Like, I don't know what any of that means. And um, walked her around for like 15 minutes, nothing, nothing. Get in the rental car, have her next to me in the car. And she pees all over me within like two minutes. And I'm like, sweet, love it. Peed all over me, all over the car. Mind you, we have like a two-hour drive to the airport. Um... So I get to the airport, I'm covered in dog pee and it's like a whole thing. And like, I'm just with this new dog. I'm like by my, I mean, I was with the two girls, but we had separate, um, flights. So like we were only at the airport for a little bit and it just, it was a whole nightmare fiasco. Honestly, I had a middle seat cause my flight got all fucked up flying there. So I had a middle seat and the dog, I had like no room for my legs or anything. And <laughs> It was a whole, whole fiasco. She pooped in the middle of the airport. I had no dog bags. It was just like, it was a time. Um, but it was our little adventure, me and Peps. And now she, 
uh, I mean, I lived with her in California for like four years. And then now she lives with me and my boyfriend in New York City. So she's quite the international gal. And like I said, we just have this very... I know that I'm just a millennial and I see my animals as my pets because I don't have actual children. But like she, her and I have a very special connection and she is 100% like she was my child in a past life or in a different time. Like we have definitely met before and we just get each other. And lately it was hard moving here. She actually adjusted pretty well. But, um, and it was really hard in grad school because I wasn't with her all the time. Like, I only really saw her on the weekends when I was able to come home, but I didn't see her during the week, so I had to leave her with my mom. And, anyway, lately here, she's been having a really hard time with, um, socialization, like, with other dogs. And she gets very, she's very random, but she would be really reactive to other dogs, but it's, like... A random it's not always every dog it's just kind of you never know and it's you can tell it's just fear-based like she's scared she gets scared of dogs that are bigger than her and she um she's just scared and so I didn't want this for her so I was like looking into how can I help her how can I work with her how can I train her more because when I first got her I was training her like every single day to do potty training that was a nightmare but um anyway I started watching um, Caesar Milan videos, the dog whisperer, and he really talks about, you know, like animals obviously are so perceptive to your energy and to your presence and just kind of like the vibe that you're bringing. Like they read so much more of your body language and your energy versus what you say, right? And I watched him work with a bunch of people with their dogs who were reactive or whatever. And basically, it's just that, you know, the people, the dog would be scared and reactive. So then the people become scared and reactive because they don't know how the dog's going to react. And then it's just like this vicious cycle. And that's kind of what I was doing, right? So it's like every time we would see another dog at the park or whatever, I never knew what Pepper was going to do. So I would just try to avoid the dog or I would just it's the same thing. Like I wasn't bringing the right energy to it. I wasn't being the leader, the alpha, if you will, that she needs. Like she needs me to be calm and assured and like a calming, strong presence that she's like, okay, mom's here. Like she knows what we're doing. Everything's going to be okay with her. Like these other dogs aren't going to hurt me. Like anyway, all I did, because she, Pepper, she's such a good dog. First of all, she will eat literally anything. It's honest, it's kind of a problem. Um, she's so move, food motivated. Like, she will do anything for a treat. So, she's so easy to train. Um, but I didn't really, like, this wasn't really a training. It was kind of just more of an energy exchange between the two of us. So, when I started taking her out to, for walks every morning and to the park, I just kind of centered myself first and got my energy together and I just remained cool calm confident when I was walking her and I was like leading her and every time she is calm or pays attention to me or like checks back in with me I would reward her and tell her she's a good girl give her a treat if I had treats and 
she and like if we run into another dog now I just again I don't my first response isn't like oh my god what's Pepper gonna do I am like okay Peps it's okay this is just another dog and now she's fine she's not reacting to other dogs she's completely ignoring them even if other dogs bark at her and are crazy with her she will still just kind of ignore them and just kind of look to me um when we get to the park I actually let her be off leash I mean that's always been a thing because she just likes to run around and have fun but if random other dogs would come up to her sometimes she would you know be snappy or not it was always random like you never knew what she was going to do And now when other dogs come up to her, like, she's calm. She just lets them sniff her. I say hi to the dog. I say hi to the person. Like, I let her know that it's okay. And she's even playing. Like, she'll play with dogs. She's never really been into that before. And she's just doing so, so much better. And all I did was change my own energy to the situation. And I'm working with her to read her energy, too. Because I can tell, like... It's not like she's just magically perfect. Like sometimes she'll see a dog and I can tell it. she gets more anxious. You can see in her body language and the way that she is walking, how her ears are, her tail, what she's doing. And I'll just like stop her or I stop myself and I have her look at me and I can see her release the energy from her body. A lot of times she'll do like a shake, you know, that little shake that dogs do. That's how dogs release energy. That's how they release like pent up nervous whatever energy that's happening to them and then whenever she releases that I'm like oh my gosh good dog good good girl peps and I give her a treat right and so that's how I'm helping her but how she helps me is that animals the reason why we love dogs so much and why they're such amazing companions and just animals in general is because animals live completely in the present moment, okay? They have no concept of, like, past or future. I mean, they do, like, a little bit because they have stuff stored in their bodies and stuff, just like we do. But they don't have the mental narrative and stories and all the bullshit in their heads where they just, like, ignore their things and keep them stored in their body and keep all this shit for weeks, years, months, whatever, okay? If something happens to a dog or to any animal their nervous system will have a reaction you know freeze flight fawn what's the other one fight or flight freeze fawn yeah that's it um to any kind of threat right that'll be their reaction but then as soon as the event is over they release the energy they shake it off or they walk it off or whatever the animal does for dogs usually they'll shake it off or they just they just you can see it in their body language if you know if you know how animals do their thing you can see it. They instantly just release whatever happened to their nervous system, right? And then that's how stuff doesn't get stuck in their nervous systems. We do not do that. We, first of all, mentally put ourselves into situations that, like, we don't even have to have an external situation be something that our nervous system responds to. Like, how often are we being chased by bears? It's not often. Usually it's just mental things, but your body can't tell the difference between what's made up and what's imaginary. So what you imagine in your brain feels just as real as being chased by a bear. So you have a nervous system response as if you were being chased by a bear with like this crazy adrenaline, like fight, flight, freeze, fawn thing. And then you never shake it off you never release it from your body so it just gets stored as like trapped energy 
which then just becomes dis-ease or like whatever, which can then manifest into all different kinds of things. So what I'm learning from Pepper is the ability to shake things off as they come up instead of letting everything like fester into this like crazy pent up energy in my body. And so what does that mean? I mean, for it can literally be shaking like a lot of times after a workout when your muscles when my muscles are already really shaky and weak anyway I will literally just let them shake because like you know the trauma gets stored in your muscles and your bones so if you just let your body shake in the way that it wants to shake it will release it or you can do you can start doing shaking like that and then turn it into dancing because that's another way to release it or you can do breath work that's a really good release or crying or punching pillows if you're angry just Anything that gets you moving and into your body and moving energy through your body will help you to release trauma. Depending on if you're trying to be really intentional about your trauma release or whatever, you can focus on specific areas of your body like your hips particularly store a lot of different trauma. I personally know that my left shoulder has like a specific old relationship that is stored in it because every time I do breath work, I feel intense pain in my left shoulder and then my mind takes me to places of an old relationship and I'm like, oh, okay, we're just releasing that from our body. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I've always, always loved working with animals ever since I was a kid because they just can really teach you so much about life. But this relationship that I have with Pepper is so unique and special and Another thing that she teaches me often, or I have to remind myself, but again, she just lives in the present moment. So she, when I come home, like she's so happy to see me that, cause it's just the highlight of her day. Like she doesn't have other crazy thoughts going on about what happened when I left or this or that, or what happened at the park, whatever. She's just like, oh, you're back, you're back, you're home. Oh my God. And <laughs> animals just love so unconditionally they don't care that you have a degree or that you feel like you're overweight or that you did this thing in your past or whatever they don't give a single fuck they just love you for your who you are your essence your energy like she doesn't even probably know what I look like or anything and yet she loves me so much and I love her so much and I always tell her I talk to her so sweet every day I'm like Pepper you're such a beautiful little girl I love you so much and I love her tummy that's another huge one I love her little pink tummy it's so fucking cute I can't handle it like I always am just like oh my god look at your cute little tummy and she's got like a perfect cute little pot belly tummy she looks like a little pig she snorts like a pig too and I often find myself being like imagine if I could love my abdomen as much as I love this goddamn dog's little fucking tummy. Like, it's wild. And that's a way to... I know that as women, often we struggle with loving our bodies, particularly our stomachs, because we're always taught that they need to be flat and whatever, all that bullshit. But your abdomen... I mean, first of all, it houses all of your organs. It's a really essential, like, part of your body. 
it has your liver, your digestion, like your stomach, your small intestine, large intestine, gallbladder, spleen, all that good stuff. And all of that stuff is super essential to us being alive. And then there's just like little bits of fat over it to protect all of those lovely organs because they need protection. And, you know, your gut is your second brain, if you will, especially, I don't know how much anybody knows about human design, but if you're a sacral generator, like you're the actual, which I am, you're the actual definition of trust your gut, right? Like listen to your gut feeling. And I know that I feel my emotions the most in my intestines, first of all. Like, if I'm sick or if I get a... Not if I'm sick. um, If I have a fight with someone or if I'm upset or whatever, I will... Like, my stomach will literally be in knots. I feel it in my stomach. Or if I get really stressed, I will get nauseous. I just... Any kind of issues in my life usually manifest as some kind of general abdominal discomfort, right? And I also know that our stomachs or abdomens, if you will, are usually the first things that people will say that they want to change or that they want flatter, that they want a six pack or all, but, and that's fine. Like you can strive to do all of those things. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to be a person with a six pack. I freaking love eating way too much. And the diet and exercise that is required for a six pack is just not really compatible with me. Um, anyway, nothing's wrong with your abdomen. It's fine. I promise. Like just every day at work, I do so many colon cases from people who've had pieces of their colons taken out because of cancer or liver from liver mets or just, oh my God, whipples. We get so many whipples, which is like the head of the pancreas and the duodenum. And I just, every day I'm like, you know, I'm really okay because I still have all of these lovely organs and I can still eat and detox everything with my liver and make all the enzymes with my pancreas. And I'm just so grateful for my abdomen and all of the fat that covers it because I love Pepper's little chunky tummy with her cute little fat. Like, why shouldn't I love mine? why shouldn't I love mine? So my big takeaway from this is learn from your dog or your cat. Well, cats are a little different (laughs) and I do love cats too, but learn from animals, I guess, in general, like live in the moment, be present, release traumas and things, not traumas, but like release events, emotions, whatever from your nervous system as they happen you don't have to hold on to them. You can let them go. And love your abdomen. Love your abdomen as much as you would love a cute little puppy abdomen. Like, what is cuter? Nothing. That's all I got for you guys this week. Um, thank you always for listening. Please rate and review. Uh, the Jackson Anatomy course is going to be launching very soon. I honestly think sooner than later. And if you're interested in that, please go to uh, jacksonatomy.com. You can sign up on the wait list. And thank you. And I'll talk to you guys later.